Welcome to the Hope Restored Podcast, a place where survivors of domestic violence abuse can find hope, healing, and freedom. Welcome to the Hope Restored Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about dating with trauma. So, Before I get into dating with trauma, it wouldn't be fair to talk about that without addressing the impact of trauma. How and why is it relevant in the context of dating? Well, trauma can impact how you relate to others, how you navigate relationships, how you understand the world, the way you think, your desires, your behaviors, your habits. Um, It can impact all of these things, which in turn, of course, impact our relationships. And in this particular subject, dating relationships. Now, what is trauma? First, let's define what trauma is. Some people think trauma is a huge event or situation that's happened in somebody's life. It could come from violence. It could come from a a death in the family, um, domestic violence, you know, serious things that happen to people that are super impactful and hard to forget. But that's not the only thing that trauma is. The trauma, we what we talk about sometimes is the big T trauma and the little T trauma. The big T trauma are those events that I've just mentioned where it could be domestic violence or um, abuse, you know, those types of things. But there's also emotional trauma that people have too that could come from your family, from growing up, from bullying for a number of years in your when as a young child or you know even as an adult it could come from a, a lot of different things your parents how you were raised what you saw in your family um the way your parents spoke to you all of these things can create trauma emotional or physical to define trauma textbook wise, it's a stressful event or experience that threatens one's sense of safety and well-being, emotional and or physical. <clears throat> so, trauma is also subjective. It can be traumatic to one person and not traumatic to another. It can look and impact every individual very differently. So it can also be hard for some to recognize or acknowledge that they have trauma, especially because a person may seem fine and able to function in their daily life fairly well. Um, you know, family separation, medical crisis, grief, car accidents, harassment at work, those things I mentioned before, those can all create trauma in your life. So... What are the challenges in dating when you have trauma, whether it's big T trauma or little t trauma? Because I do, I personally believe everyone has some kind of trauma because none of us grew up with any perfect parents. 
Like, if can somebody please raise their hand and say that they had the perfect parent? I don't think that they exist. Now, <clears throat> I'll get into a little bit more of that later, but let's talk about some of the challenges you can have in dating when it comes to trauma. One of the biggest challenges could be the it could be how it can be difficult to be vulnerable again or trust someone again. And sometimes this can come from a previous relationship you were in, right? Um, so maybe not even again or just at, maybe ever. Maybe it's difficult for you to ever be vulnerable or to trust somebody. You just, you've just never been that way. That could be coming from some kind of trauma. You could have fear of heartbreak, rejection, abandonment, fear of being judged if you share too much about your past or if you reveal wounds that have never been healed. You could be afraid of of rejection from that um, or or losing love um, from somebody because of it. Uh, It can be hard to try to connect with someone authentically when you have trauma. Most likely you've built walls to protect yourself from being hurt, whether it's being hurt again or just ever being hurt. You don't want to experience that kind of suffering or pain again or ever. Um, It's scary. It's scary. It's scary stuff. So another challenge could be how you react in a relationship that, or in a dating relationship, how you react to certain things. That these reactions come from, probably are coming from your trauma that maybe has not been processed or you're still processing. Um, and it's taking a little bit of time for you to heal from that wound. So like I said, trauma can affect our decisions, our reactions to things, our habits, our desires. When you have had trauma, worst case scenarios are everywhere. You develop these unhealthy coping strategies, like overthinking is one. It changes your view of the world and yourself even on so many levels. It changes your thoughts, your feelings, the nervous system, and your ability to trust Trauma is more than just a story of what happened to you. The feelings, the beliefs, the sensations that you get in your body that you soaked up during the trauma, they're all very much still alive in you. And they're not just memories, they're reactions in the present. And anything could trigger it. I wouldn't say anything, but there are some things that can happen, whether it's in a conversation or a situation that will bring these memories back to you as if you're they're happening to you right now and you don't even realize it but what's happening in your body is it's as though it's happening to you again and so your reaction is going to your nervous system is going to be triggered to react as if you're in that situation again and so you need to be feel you need to Find a way to be safe. So you got to protect yourself. So the way you're going to react to that is going to be fight, flight, or you know, it's some kind of of way where you need to feel safe again. You need to protect yourself. It's 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 like you are experiencing it again. Your body feels it and senses it, and now your mind is going back to it. 
some over some examples of when these things come up. Some people have rage. Some people have overthinking. Some people just shut down. Um, they become accusatory. Um, those are just little ways. Uh, so I'm going to be a little vulnerable t- with you right now and share a situation that happened with me uh, several years ago <clears throat> when I was in a relationship with someone. This person, I did not feel like I could trust them um, because they lied to me. Um, so lying is a, a big no-no for me. Um, for everyone, I'm sure, nobody likes to be lied to, but for someone who's had trauma like big T trauma, lying can be much more impactful than with someone else who hasn't had big T trauma. So <clears throat> I was in a situation and something happened that day um, that my partner told me about and um, just another thing. It was just another thing that they that they did. It was good that they came to me to tell me about it and be vulnerable and honest and transparent. But the the place that I was in in my life at that point wasn't very healthy. Um, so I didn't have the ability to properly process it and react to it in a healthy way. <clears throat> so what did I do? I shut down. I I remember very clearly how it felt in my body. I felt anxiety and like I couldn't breathe and tension in my muscles. Um, and I was driving home from work and I just could not go home to this person. I did not want to be around them. So I shut my phone off completely and just drove and just drove and then stopped somewhere and sat in my car and I screamed and I cried. That's not necessarily a bad way to to try to process, but I didn't communicate with anybody. So of course, people, you know, my partner and my family were wondering where the hell I was and were afraid and worried. So it's not really the best way to deal with conflict. It was it was a conflict and the reaction to it, what happened to me, what he did brought up a lot of old emotions that I felt before when I experienced the trauma. Okay, so that that's one way that you can react. Um, some people get really angry uh, and start arguments and screaming and yelling and it can become, you know, a lot like rage you can see in that person, like just so angry and, and rageful. Um, that's another challenge, obviously. <clears throat> but let's talk about something that's not easily seen, which could be overthinking. I'll share an example. A friend of mine shared a story with me about how she made a joke with someone that she was dating about this overnight basket that she had in the back of her car. And as a joke, she made it, you know, she's just like her, her partner saw it and she made a joke and said, yeah, you always got to have an overnight bag. You just never know when you're going to need it. It was just a joke, right? Well, her partner um, didn't really see it as a joke. It, 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 she began to overthink after that comment. 
everything that my friend did or said after that, she digested it and became obsessed with it, whether it was a, a rea- like a body language, body language or something that she said. Um, everything was like worst case scenario for her, even though that's not actually what was happening. For her partner, everything was worst case scenario. And that is an extreme case of overthinking. <clears throat> so um, overthinking, everyone does, but that's a pretty extreme case, you know, when you're just seeing things that aren't there and you're not communicating it. Um, there are healthy ways to communicate when you're overthinking. Um, I'm personally an overthinker, not to that extreme, but um, have been that extreme in the past. Um, but I am personally an overthinker and I've learned better ways of dealing with my overthinking. But when you're in a dating relationship, um, it's kind of hard in the beginning to be vulnerable with someone about your overthinking because you don't want to be looked at like you're crazy. Um, and like, you're afraid of rejection. You're afraid that they're not going to understand you. They're going to just think that you're insane. And, uh, so you kind of just don't share. Um, now obviously like if it was constant overthinking like that extreme to the extreme of the, the, the example I shared of my friend, that's just a lot. That's a lot for someone to take on. Right. Um, but if it's just sometimes here and there and you can talk talk it through with someone, then that's a much healthier way of dealing with it. So for me, for example, I can have moments where I'm overthinking, but I'm able to bring myself back to think it through logically and, um, and, and pretty much just let it go, let it go. Um, but there are other examples that I've, I've had, um, actually a recent situation I had was with someone who um, wasn't very vulnerable, wasn't forthcoming, didn't show me that he could be trusted. And when I tried to communicate in a healthy way about my overthinking, um, he just gaslighted me or uh, made me feel like I was crazy um, and insane, which is the improper way to respond to a person you're dating who has trauma. and they're trying to be vulnerable with you and heal and and develop a strong bond with you and a trust and the way to react to them is not like that not at all that's just that's going to just push them away honestly all right so another example of a challenge in a relationship when you've had little t trauma okay you could start giving up parts of yourself because you're just so desperate for love and you just you want that person you want to be with that person all the time, everything you do together. And you, so you start to give up parts of yourself that, that are, that are actually good for you. For example, a friend of mine shared that his partner would make him feel bad every time he went to the gym. She'd give him an attitude about it or complain instead of joining him or supporting him, she made him feel like it was an inconvenience for her and the relationship. So eventually, because he loved her, he stopped going to the gym. He gave up 
a lot of things that he enjoyed doing for himself for her. That's coming from trauma. That's coming from something in your life, emotional trauma that you need to process because you should never be in a relationship with someone or dating someone where you're giving up the things about yourself that you love. And that person that you're dating should be supportive in those things. And a healthy relationship is not the kind where you're doing every single thing together all the time. You should each have your own you should each be you should each have your own individualities and your own love for things, your own uh, time for yourself, your self-care, whatever that looks like. To some, it's sports. To some, it's working out. To some, it's reading a book. To some, it's going to dinner with friends. Um, you know, what? what is it? You know, what does that look like for you? A healthy relationship should, both people in a relationship should be able to have those things for themselves and without any complaints, you know? So if you have little t trauma and you don't feel worthy of love or you're afraid of rejection or you're afraid of abandonment, you could end up finding yourself seeing that you're giving up things that you love for this person. And that's not healthy. It's it's not healthy. And when you have trauma, no matter your response, whether it's overthinking fear, codependency, it's real to you. Those feelings that you're feeling are real to you. The overthinking that comes, the worst case scenario thinking, it feels real. The feelings, the thoughts, the effects on your body, it's all real. It's all relevant to you. Sometimes you may have a partner or someone you're dating and you tell them something, you share something and they just don't get it. They are, they just don't understand. Like it's not it makes no sense to them. It's, and, and it's not fair to um, invalidate your partner's feelings, especially if you know they have trauma, big trauma or, or little trauma. It's wrong to invalidate their feelings. What you, you want is someone that's going to validate your feelings and make you feel safe. Like you, they're a safe person for you to be able to share these things with and not feel afraid or worried that of what they're going to think of you. So let's talk about healing though. Um, so you can't just altogether avoid being in a relationship because that's actually a trauma response. <laughs> if you have trauma, it doesn't necessarily mean that you shouldn't be in a relationship because that's another response to your trauma. It's, you're not, you got to find ways to heal. And, and you don't have to be single to do it either, okay? So the most obvious way to find healing is through therapy, right? Is to regularly see a licensed therapist if you're able to afford it. But not everybody can. But let's talk about that for a little bit, um, the uh, therapy types of therapy that can help with trauma. If you have big T trauma like I did, I actually did um, EMDR, which is eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. It's a psychotherapy treatment that was originally designed to alleviate the distress associated with traumatic memories. 
after you have successful treatment with EMDR therapy, affective distress is relieved, negative beliefs are reformulated, and physiological arousal is reduced. During EMDR therapy, the client attends to emotionally disturbing material in brief sequential doses while simultaneously focusing on an external stimulus. So those are fancy ways of saying that um, it's a pretty cool way of doing treatment where you're not going under or anything. Um, it's kind of re-training re, uh, your brain. You're going through old, you're going through bad, bad memories, okay? I've done it. You're, you're picking up old bad memories that bring up these feelings that you have. Let's say you feel unworthy to be loved. Let's say you don't, let's say you feel you don't, you don't deserve love. So you're going to find a memory where you felt the most unloved and undeserving of love. And in this treatment in therapy, you're going to go through with the therapist, obviously guided by the therapist, the professional, and um, reprocess these experiences in a new safe environment with a safe person. And your brain should at the end feel uh, from that memory, you should now feel instead of unworthy of love, you should feel loved. It's, it's a pretty amazing, incredible treatment. It's probably, I think it's more than 80 or 90% um, successful from what I read. And every time I've done it, it was extremely successful. I highly recommend it. If you can afford therapy, do it. There's, you don't have to go to therapy if anything's wrong with you. Let's just, let's say you're not having these issues in relationships or whatever, but you know that you have these internal issues that come up sometimes. And, and I think I I would recommend doing therapy because it's only going to help you if you actually want to be, to find healing and freedom. I highly recommend it. Okay, so if you're someone who cannot afford uh, therapy, then there's other ways that you can still find healing on on your own um, without going to therapy, which for me, I've done both. So self-care or self-compassion. Doing things for yourself that bring you joy and peace. Remember I talked about my friend who stopped working out? Don't stop doing those things. Reading a book, having dinner with a good friend, working out, being doing something active. What whatever looks whatever you, brings you joy and peace at the end of the day, you need to keep doing. You need to do those things and and make sure you're regularly doing it. Because a lot of us sometimes we work a lot. We're kind of workaholics, myself included, and we have so much going on in our lives that we're like, oh my gosh, I'm so burnt out. Now I'm gonna just take a whole month off and um, totally just focus on myself. Well, I'm sorry, but that's just not enough because after you come back, you're gonna burn out again. You can't just do once a year self-care or compassion you this needs to be a regular thing almost a daily thing healing takes commitment it takes commitment if you want to be healed you have to be committed to yourself to receive that healing 
and regularly do this. It can't be a one-time thing. It's just not the way that it works. We have to, to take time and commitment to process what we've been through so that we can come out stronger and better on the other side. So that we can have healthier relationships, so that we can have good dating relationships, and so that we can be better at communicating. You know, those are all, it's all important for all of those things. So, um, self, another way is to practice self affirmations. So sometimes we speak to ourselves in terrible ways, like, oh my gosh, I'm so, I'm so stupid. I can't believe I did that. I'm an idiot. Oh my gosh. Like how I was so dumb to do that. Like we're like that comes with, with the overthinking. We go back and we're like, I can't believe I did that. You're up in the, you're up at night. You can't fall asleep because you're thinking about all the mistakes you've ever made and all your regrets. That is, that is not healthy at all for, for you. So we need to talk to ourselves with grace and compassion. We need to cut out the negative talk. And, and we're not going to be perfect at this. I, I'm still not. Like, I'm definitely not perfect at this. And I'll talk about how it became easier for me in a moment. But um, if you find yourself slipping, it's okay. You're not going to be perfect. Don't expect perfection. Um, just pull yourself back. Um, I, I recently read or heard on a podcast or something about the inner child. This is a big thing right now about your inner child. Um, where somebody had a picture of themselves um, as a child. And they put it on their mirror. Um, and every morning they look at that picture of themselves as a child to remember that. To speak to yourself like you're speaking to that child. Because you wouldn't speak to yourself as a child or any child in a negative way like that. So don't do it to yourself. You need to speak to yourself, to your inner child. Speak to your inner child with grace and compassion. And tell yourself that you're loved. Tell yourself what you deserve. So I would say the last thing that's important to have to help with healing, and it's probably one of the most important ones, is to set up healthy boundaries with the people in your life. So you need to take inventory of the people who are in your life and figure out if there are people who bring you peace and if there are people who are not bringing you peace, maybe they they're dr- they bring drama. Maybe they don't ever speak positive things over you. Maybe they just add stress to your life. You don't want to have those kind of people in your life. If they're family members, it makes it so much more difficult because it could be a parent. So you might have a parent that talks to you this way and you still want to have a relationship with them well if they're willing to listen to you and and you tell them that you've got boundaries and they're willing to respect your boundaries you can still have a relationship with them if they're willing to do that um now there are some people that can't respect boundaries they just can't so unfortunately it might be better for your mental health and your healing to have to cut them out of your life. And I'm this is where I'm going to be vulnerable myself, okay? I'm going to talk about my parents because <laughs> unfortunately I didn't have the kindest parents. And 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 still 
have had to deal with this in my adult life. So, you know, I've had to cut out my mom from my life because um, she has never spoken anything positive over me up until this very day. Um, I tried to set up boundaries with her. They were not respected. Um, And I didn't realize how much it was deeply affecting me, my, my mental health, until I finally just cut her out. It sounds, I know it sounds terrible because their moms are the best, right? I'm a mom. I would hate to be cut out of my kids' lives. But but if I don't want to be cut out of my children's lives, then I need to put in the work too to respect them because they deserve respect as well. But I wasn't getting that. So, you know, after I did what I had to do and cut her out of my life, I have experienced the greatest peace mentally than I that I ever have in my entire life. I also had to take some friends out of the picture that were just always dropped, just always wanted to talk about drama or gossip. That's not me. After I did these things around the same time, I have had the greatest peace. And I have less uh, moments of of insecurities and overthinking and feeling unloved and undeserving and all those things than I ever have in my in my entire life. I'm probably in the greatest place I've ever been in mentally than I ever have before. And it's a great place to be. And I'm committed to myself to not let anybody take that away from me, whoever that is. So that that's my little vulnerability for you guys. Um, I, I highly recommend and encourage that you do the same and take inventory of the people who are in your life and make those decisions for yourself because you can't be you can't be healthy for someone else if you're not letting yourself be healthy. If you're not allowing yourself to heal, how are you going to be the best version of yourself for others when you're in a relationship or when you're dating? How can you be that person when you still have these people or things in your life that are that are holding you back, holding you down? So, I do want to say that when you get in, when you're in a dating relationship and you have trauma, it's very hard to trust somebody. Very hard to trust someone. So how do you know that you can trust a person or that they're safe for you to be vulnerable with? Well, you can't really know right away. But there are signs to look for in someone that will allow you to feel safe enough to confide in them. You've got to look for these signs. And I'm taking it from Dr. John Gottman. He says these are the five things to look for in a relationship that they should be present in any relationship, whether it's with trauma or without, okay? First, number one, honesty. Don't trust someone who lies to you. Don't come up with excuses for them for why they lied. I already talked about the lying, especially for someone like me who has trauma, that lying impacts me at so much greater than a, than someone who doesn't have the trauma that I've had. So once somebody lies to me, I can't ever trust them again. It's like trust is out the door and it's going gonna, it's gonna to be very difficult for that person 
to regain my trust. That's just the way that it is. Um, but in any relationship, in any dating relationship, honesty should be there. It should be a part of it. Both people should be honest with each other. And that's what you want to look for in someone, that they're going to be honest. Even when it's hard, when they when it's something you you have to be honest about that you didn't want to discuss, that's something difficult, like a conflict or something that's just hard to talk about. Someone who's willing to have those tough conversations with you and be honest about it. That's what you want to look for. Number two, transparency, which kind of goes hand in hand with the honesty, but you want someone that's going to be an open book, okay? Are they inviting you to join their life? That's important. Are they inviting you to join their family, their friends? Obviously, that's not something that you do right away. You know, take some time before you can learn to trust somebody and allow them in your life. But in a, in a relationship where you're dating someone and you're getting to that point, if they're finally, if they're bringing you to, into their lives and they're inviting you to meet their family and their friends, that's a good sign. And you should feel comfortable asking questions and getting answers. So if you're asking them questions and you're not getting the answers, they're avoiding the question, they're changing the subject, bad sign. All right. But Dr. Gottman here says, please note that there's a difference between secrecy and privacy. Everyone should have privacy, okay? That's healthy boundaries. It represents healthy boundaries. While they don't need to tell you their deepest, darkest secrets right away, it should feel easy and comfortable getting to know them. That's super important. It should feel easy. It should feel comfortable when you're getting to know someone you're dating. They're transparent. They're honest. Um, It shouldn't feel awkward or, or weird or like they're avoiding questions and not being forthcoming. Those are not good signs. Okay, accountability. Big one. This is huge. Do they keep their promises and follow through on their commitments? Remember, actions speak louder than words. So let's dig into this a little bit. Accountability. Let's say that you went to your partner and you you shared that something they did you didn't like, that they did that. And you, you, know, you said, hey, this made me feel a certain way. Um, I... I I really need you to not do that, okay? And the accountability is that they're going to listen, they're going to apologize, and they're not going to do it again. They tell you they're not, they're like, I'm sorry, I I understand how that makes you feel, and I'm not going to do that to you anymore. And then they go and do it again a few days later or a week later or, you know, obviously no one's perfect, There, there could be mistakes, but if they're just... Saying it and doing it again a few days later or a week later, they can't even help themselves. They don't respect you and they don't have any accountability for their actions. They just, they don't, they're, they're only thinking about their own self-interests. <laughs> Moving on. Ethical actions. Number four from Dr. Gottman, ethical actions. If you are detecting immoral actions or if you are uncomfortable with their morals, then move on. This goes back to being authentic to your true self. Being authentic to your true self. If you're seeing some red flags about their morals or their ethics, you need to you need to move on. It's a big no. It's like a big red flag, big no-no. Okay, and finally, 
proof of alliance. Do they take your needs into account or do they only act out of their own self-interest? If they're able to demonstrate that they have your back, even in small ways, then that's a great sign. Oh, I love that one. I love that one because I'm, I'm a very loyal person and uh, I'm very respectful and I, I treasure when I receive respect in return and loyalty. So this is a big one for me. If, if they show me that they've got my back because I've shown them the same, um, that's such a plus. That's like huge green flags for me. But if they don't, they don't have your back. They talk about you behind your back. They go and talk to their parents about you. Um, they go and talk to their family about you. They go and talk to their friends about you. They say one thing in front of you and another thing in front of others. That's not, that's not proof of alliance at all. That's, that is a bad sign. It's, that's not someone you want to be in a relationship with. So all in all, dating with trauma is unavoidable. <laughs> Unless you're avoiding dating because of your trauma, it's, it's not going to help it go away. It, relationships have a funny way of bringing up things that don't come up when you're not dating. <laughs> I, can be, I can attest to this um, because you're being more open to somebody, you're being vulnerable. And this can be in friendships too, but let's, you know, dating, you know, let's say you're, you're just not dating and you think you're, everything's all good. And then you start dating someone and then these things come up right? That weren't there before. And you're like, what the hell is this? Well, it's just, it, relationships have a funny way of, of, of bringing those things up because you're opening yourself up to somebody and you're being vulnerable. You should be. So it, it's unavoidable, but there are signs to look for in someone that you're dating where you can, you can overcome these challenges together and it will actually help you grow closer together and develop a really strong bond and friendship. And uh, I think that's a beautiful thing. So that is all for this episode. I hope to do more of these and please let me know if you have some suggestions of, of some subjects or topics you'd like to hear about next. Thank you. Thank you.